Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. <laughs> um, you know, I try to focus a lot. You know, last year it was really tough for me to kind of lock in on what I need to do. You know, this year, I just want to come in, lock in to the job at hand, and, uh, you know, focus as much as possible. You know, it's hard at times, but I hear the chants and I hear the people yelling, but, you know, when I come in here now, when I come into the Garden, uh, it's to try to get a win against the Boston Celtics. Well, will this ever not be home, though, in the end? You know, this place I always have a place in my heart. You know, always. I mean, you know, everybody understands when you, when you play for a Boston team, so many teams, championship. Uh, no, no one in this town ever forgets that. You know, just like we still celebrate Larry, Kevin, you know, those guys, you know, when they come around here. Uh, you know, these are our true fans. You know, he's uh, he has a chance to show these guys, uh, you know, what it takes to win, you know, the habits you got to have. You know, he, he's grown up before our eyes when I was here. Now he's become the leader here. And uh, it's good for him to be experienced on his own. You know, the one true all-star, the veteran, the one the guys look up to uh, for guidance. And, you know, he's accepted that role. And, uh, you know, it, it's tough. It's a demanding role, especially in this situation when you're losing. But he, he's up for the task. You know, I've had time. It's frustrating, definitely. He, he definitely gets frustrated. Losing's not easy. You know, Rondo's been a little part of a lot of winning teams. But... You know, he's head strong that, uh, you know, he'll, he'll fight through it. Three in a row, Celtics win again, 101 to 93. We're going to break it down here. They beat Paul Pierce and the Wizards, ever, ever at Garden Let's do this thing. The Celtics, they win this game 101 to 93 over the Washington Wizards. Another blowout turned into another nail biter. It was fun. We're going to talk about this one. I'm Jared Weiss. With me, as always, Jimmy Tassano and Julian Edlow. Not always, but. Almost always. And we almost always give you great analysis. That's what we're going to do right now. We're going to start by talking about Paul Pierce's return. First off, yes. Jimmy, let's talk about the emotions, which oh I mean, really, really aren't really that big of a deal at this point, right? But there definitely is a lot of excitement whenever Pierce comes back. There's always excitement. There always will be excitement when he comes back until he retires. And even when he's retired and he's just coming into the building, people are going to be excited to see him. He's earned that over his career. Um, but that being said, it, it lacked some of the emotion that last year had, definitely, when Pierce came back to the video tribute and all the cheering from the crowd. It wasn't exactly to that level. And I think it was the same for Pierce. I mean, I think this this game was more like business as opposed to last season for him, where I think he got caught up in the emotions of everything. Where tonight, I think it was just like, come in here, get into the visiting locker room, you know, put on your jersey and get to work. 
Yeah, I agree. It was it was nothing like last year. Last year came with a lot, and it also came with Garnett. Right. So a little bit of a different story. But, you know, people have gotten over the initial impact of mm -hmm. Pierce being gone, I think. But, you know, they'll never forget what he did here. So when he comes back, he's still going to get the standing ovations. People are still going to give him the chance. Right. And, you know, that's how it should be. And, you know, the funny thing is he got all the love. But it came down to him getting a wide-open three-pointer on the elbow yeah. with a chance to take the only lead of the game it would have Fitting, been for the Wizards. Fittingly. And he blew the shot. He missed it. I, I want, couldn't believe it. Part of me wanted him to hit that shot. It yeah. would have been, been pretty sweet to have that, you know, just for a good story. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. although it's nice to not be doing another Garden right. Report about the Celtics pull off another epic collapse. Right. Yeah, you know, the thing is, Pierce had a solid, well-balanced game. He had yeah, 16, 16 points on the game. He went three for six from deep. Mm -hmm. Six for ten shooting. That was pretty. Those are pretty good numbers. Yeah. What I love though was in the second quarter, he and Rondo were covering each other. And Julian, that yeah. was that was a really cool matchup. Yeah, it was cool to watch. You know, they've Rondo and Pierce talked a little about you know how they defended each other in practice, and you know you can kind of guess what's what's coming to a degree. Um, so you know it was a fun matchup, but they didn't cover each other for that long. It didn't have anything really to do with the outcome of the game, but it's definitely cool to see. Yeah, I mean, who knows each other's <laughs> games more than they do? I mean, I'm, I'm sure that had a, a big part in Stevens throwing Rondo on Pierce at times, just kind of knows his tendencies, as you, you know, already mentioned. So that was fun. It's cool to see. I'm sure it was a little weird for them to be, you know, defending each other. And I bet you, uh, I, I know Rondo actually, didn't he steal it from Pierce in the fourth? Mm -hmm. Yeah. A huge steal. Yeah, huge a monster steal from the fourth. So I think Pierce was kicking, was really like kicking himself after that one, just letting the, letting the young guy get the best of him there. And first off, thank you for just destroying that question that I gave you. That was, that was really <laughs> had funny. had nothing to do with the impact <laughs> It's like, Jared, you're an idiot, so I'm talking. We're going to talk about I'm it. I'm going to keep talking anyway, though. Uh, what was amazing was on that play where he stripped Pierce, they ran, like, the perfect three-man weave. They mm -hmm. didn't even put the ball on the floor. And then there was the um, goaltending call, which, of course, was not a goaltending, not even as close. we found out. Uh, but that, that was a really, really fascinating sequence yeah. of events there. That was like, as we were watching that, I was like, this is like the single play of the season. And then Hum yeah. came through and just destroyed everything. But, <laughs> yeah. It was cool while it was happening. And Hump had a good game. He had eight points and 14 yeah. rebounds. Mm -hmm. He played 32 minutes. He started over Nene, which was, he does. worked out, I think, relatively well for the for the Wizards. That was a good matchup. That's a Hump stat line right there. I mean, yeah. the guy's a double-double machine. I when you get a double-double tonight, but two points away. Um, I thought he was really underrated with the Celtics here. I kind of, if they were in a different position, you know, in their current rebuilding, mm -hmm. I think they would have they would have brought him back. I think they really liked him, but it just wasn't the right time for him here. But I, I enjoyed his time here. Yeah, I mean, he didn't quite get the response that Pierce got. But <laughs> I was waiting for that tribute. Hump, but Hump returned <laughs> to the Garden tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the funny thing is you're talking about the position the Celtics are in relative to the NBA. We're going to get to this in the second part, but they're now one game out of the playoffs as of this recording. Which the playoffs were to start today. There would be one game out, yeah. They don't start today. There's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah. But it's really it's really fascinating to think that the Celtics are supposed to be this really team that couldn't hold on to good veteran players because they wanted to go contribute somewhere else. But right. they've got guys that are playing solid basketball. And this is a guy that we're going to talk more about over the course of the year. But I mean, Rondo is he's playing phenomenally right now. Yeah. In the last la last game, he had a really big game against the Lakers before. We were talking yep. about how he kind of didn't look like himself for a little while. But these last two games, he's really gotten back to being himself, even if he's not shooting very well. He's getting aggressive. He's right. making a lot of phenomenal plays, Jimmy. I mean, the 13 rebounds stand out to me. The 11 assists, that's the type of numbers that we're used to seeing Rondo get back when he was 100%. 5 okay. or 17, I mean, the shot, he's still shooting the ball a ton, which I'm like mixed feelings about. I like the aggressiveness out of him. But you like to see a few more of those shots go down. 
Yeah, I mean, I said after Friday night's game against the Lakers, he went six for 17. I said, I like the shots. It means he's being aggressive. The right. team's playing better when he's shooting. He does one worst this afternoon, goes five for 17. <laughs> right. But I'll say again, I like it. He's shooting, he's aggressive. The team won the two games. Yep. So, you know, until Rondo has a poor shooting night like this and they lose, I'm gonna say keep shooting the ball. Yeah. All right, well, when we come back for part two, we'll talk about the other guy shooting the ball a lot, Jeff Green. And we will talk about the fact that we brought up a few times they are almost in the playoffs. And we got to reevaluate yes. how we're talking about this team. So before we go, don't forget to like the Garden Report we, on Facebook, to download the show on iTunes, and same thing with the CLNS Radio postgame show. And to even go to the CLNS Radio uh, podcast page and download the latest episode of Celtics Beat where they talk to Mark Heisler and Mike Prada of SB Nation about ah, the state of the Lakers. A really fascinating one was that the Lakers apparently are ready to spend, and Rondo is certainly going to be one of their targets. So... Let's hear about uh -oh. more. We'll hear about that more. Come back part two. The Garden Report. He's, he's one of my, my favorite guys. Um, he's one of my favorite leaders I've ever played with. And, uh, he's a great role model. I'm sure the older he gets, you know, the more knowledge he has for, for a young guy like John Wall and Bradley Beal. Some of the guys in the other locker room were saying he, he gives them confidence. Is that the type of guy he is? What does he do that would give someone confidence? He's a great talker. He's, he does it. He's very positive on the court. You know, he's demanding. He's going to yell at you. He might get on you, but it's all for the betterment of yourself and the team. Well, it's not necessarily knowing this game. I just knew the shot clock. You know, I knew he had to get a shot up, and uh, you know, when I closed out to him, it was around two or three seconds on the shot clock. You know, I didn't go for his pump fakes. I'm used to those in practice. And, you know, I, it could have easily been a foul if I, if I slapped his hand, but I was able to get my hand on the ball. Did you think his shot was going down? No, I knew it was off. <laughs> well, I was hoping it was off. <laughs> is everything you know when you win it you know, um, it helps a lot you know we're just trying to carry this momentum into Washington tomorrow and you know hopefully get another one what's gonna what is it gonna take to beat them again tomorrow uh, same effort you know we had to clean up some things on the defensive end you know um, you know shots they was getting in the fourth quarter we had to clean some things up and um, hopefully we can get another one. yeah so I mean he's always been a good player Mark and I know he's he's a guy that is certainly easy to to you know, overanalyze or overevaluate, but he's a he's a he's a good solid player that can play both the three and the four, which gives you a lot of flexibility. And his ability to play the four late, um, coupled with his ability to take advantage of the threes, obviously in the post, is is a big deal. Um, today, I thought again he had a pretty good defensive game, um, and he's really active and and um, you know, hopefully he just keeps getting better. All right, we're back for part two. We'll talk about Jeff Green now. Jimmy, you're really excited to talk about Jeff Green. Let's talk about him. How'd you know? Can't uh, sit still. It just took us a couple takes to get you through this. I so. can't. I, just, I want to talk about him so badly. So, I mean, Green, his numbers aren't drastically different field goal percentage-wise, except that he's taking more shots. And he's, he's kind of, if you really watch his game, he's more aggressive, mm -hmm. which is something that we talked about a thousand times with Jeff Green. Yes. But his effectiveness, even with the aggressiveness, his effectiveness has definitely changed. It's improved. Still only three rebounds today, though. But so he I, did have I, one really clutch rebound at the end there. He did, he did, he did. And I think overall this season, if, if, I know we're not just talking about this game, but overall this season he's been their most consistent best player, I would, I would say. Sure. Him and Sandra are up there. And that's obviously been the knock on him. We talk about it all the time is can he keep it up, can he keep it up. Well, through, all, through these games, through these, what is it, 18 games, he's kept it up. So we're about a fourth of the way through the season, almost. And I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with what I've seen out of him so far. I don't know if the fact that he could be entering a 
uh, free agency had anything to do with it, but it's good to see him put up the numbers. That's always a good question, but you know, he he got a lot of uh, a lot of hate a lot of hate for not being consistent the last couple right. of years, and he's been doing it so far. So we have to give him his props. And like you're saying, Jared, his numbers aren't that much different than they've been. If you look at them, they're a little better, but it, you just have to use the eye test on it. He's mm-hmm. been so much more effective in the games. I think he's had a had a big part in a lot of the Celtics wins and you know he did have three rebounds but another way to tell that he was you know aggressive out there he had four steals so he was out there hustling looking to score and we keep seeing good Jeff Green so keep it coming and you know he's averaging 19 points a game right now that's pretty close to the numbers that we were looking for I mean if you look Mm -hmm. before the year we were talking about 20 points being basically the barrier for success for him Mm -hmm. he's sitting at night is a 19.3 right now and then Jared Sollinger is 15.9 8.8 so he's basically 16 to 9 those are kind of the numbers that we were looking for from those guys and they're they're bringing them yeah I mean that I just said it like they're they've been their two most consistent players this year they're the I think that they're the two go-to guys down the stretch I think they need to give the ball to Sully more to be honest down the stretch I don't think he gets the ball enough I think sometimes they get too focused on trying to get it to green and that's when they end up putting up like a forced shot or a contested shot and they'll, mm-hmm. they'll blow it somehow that way well the thing is Solinger's been hitting a lot of really clutch threes lately yeah but he they're not really working the ball to him on the block they're not letting him yeah. go to his back to the basket right. game that's been really good for him he's barely even really done it it's been mostly a lot of offensive rebounds and three-pointers that have been most of his scoring yeah I was just gonna say he has kind of gotten the ball in crunch time but we always see him out on the wing right I completely agree. It would be nice to see them dump the ball down to Sullinger in the post with you know a late game situation where they need to get a bucket. Let's focus a little bit on today's game because it is the post game show. Sure. Let's go back to Jeff Green. He had some huge steals in the first half. He, uh, I think, he kind of got stripped and kind of lost the ball in one. But they had a huge tomahawk slam, which is happening almost every night for him now. On the other, and he's doing a really good job of reading cross court passes when they're coming. He's picking them off and he's going out to the races. And it's one of the fastest and most athletic guys in the league, Julian. So you're seeing it. Ha- he's basically able to make a play every time. Yeah, I agree, and it's been great. I, I don't have much to add to that. Four, four steals today. I just think 19 turnovers, um, the, the Celtics caused 19 turnovers. A lot of them were steals. So I, mm-hmm. thought, mm-hmm. I thought they were getting in the passing lanes. I know Rondo had a couple, too. So was I was, it was ten, 10 steals as a team. Yeah, 10 steals. I mean, I, th- I thought it was a good defensive performance for them, and Jeff Green was definitely a big part of that. Okay, so quickly, before we hand out our awards for the game, the Celtics are a game out of the playoffs as of this recording. It's incredible for, I mean, they just We're won 18 three, games in. They won three <laughs> games in a row, and they went from, like, bottom of the pile in the right. NBA to suddenly uh, kind of close. But it's, a very, it's too small of a sample size. That game's back doesn't really mean that right. much. But, I mean, Jimmy, do you think that this is going to hold up to that they could be just under sub-500, which is technically a playoff contender? I least? think that they're a fringe playoff team. I think they're one of the better bad teams in the NBA, which puts them in the Eastern Conference right on the fringe of making the playoffs because the teams are so equal, and, and when you get to the team's Past the, past the playoff contenders, they're really some awful teams. Obviously, you've got Philly's awful, you know, Detroit's awful. I mean, these teams, the Knicks are playing awful. So because these teams are so bad, yeah, sure, the Celtics are inching their way up close to the, the, uh, the playoffs here. But if you look at the teams above them, they're teams that should be above them. I think there's one team, the Bucks, that they can keep, keep put their eye on and say, well, this is a team that we could potentially flip in the standings, and maybe we can sneak in as an eighth seed or who knows, maybe a seventh seed. And that's one of the teams I think could fall out of the contention. Yeah, you know, if you're if you're in the East and you have the talent that the Celtics have, you're going to be in the hunt all season. That's just how it's going to work. They're going to lose some games. They're going to fall back. Then they're going to put together another three-game winning streak at one point, and they're going to be right either in it or right there. Right. So that's just kind of how the season's going to go, and eventually I think they'll end up being one of those 
last teams probably out of the playoffs in the East, which is arguably the worst place to be in the <laughs> NBA. But hey, there they are. And just think if they ended up, if they close out a couple of those games that they should have, they would be probably in the playoffs right now yeah. if the playoffs were to start. Which means if they can ever in. execute in the fourth right. quarter, they could be NBA champions before the end of the year. <laughs> wow, yeah. No, but can I we mean, just crown them champions? I might as well, right? But I mean, seriously, <laughs> you think of how many games that they played really well and then they completely collapsed right. like, to a pathetic degree, not just mm-hmm. the, the small blown ones, but the huge ones. They, if, they're, if they're getting that together towards halfway through the season, this team is probably going to make the playoffs. Sure. Which is that makes sense. I mean, that's a, it's a really weird limbo space to think about. But and they beat they beat a they beat a team today that's you know considered one of the better really, teams in the East. This yeah. was probably their best one of the season. Yeah. I mean, they beat the Bulls. Derrick Rose didn't play. Neither did Rondo. So maybe throw that one out. Who knows? Mm-hmm. This I think today was their best one of the season. Okay, well then let's hand out some awards. So uh, I'll start for boxing out here. For me, it's the fast break points. It was that first half transition that was really big. <laughs> they, uh, you stole mine. <laughs> Did I really steal yeah, yours? Yeah, you stole you mine. You did huh? steal Jimmy's. He even put a circle around it. <laughs> okay. So then I'll change mine so that Jimmy can repeat what I said. So just Rondo's triple-double. 13, 11, and 13. Dare did we you. talk about this? <laughs> How dare you? This is why we have our pre-meeting, our pre-show meeting. Yeah, but I'm busy reading the box score. Not 21, that's my stat of the night. Fast break points for the Celtics. I love the way they pushed the ball, especially in the fourth quarter. Towards the end of the game, they didn't get caught up in playing the half court and sort of playing against the clock. They pushed the ball and ended up on a fast break, they would rather hit that corner three-pointer and they really sealed the deal for them. So 21 fast break. I don't know if that counted as a fast break point, but that's still an example of them yeah. pushing the pace. That was much better than what I was going to say. <laughs> I know that. Well, I actually got creative, came up with my own number, didn't steal it from anybody. Oh, wow. Uh, the Celtics, <laughs> nice. Celtics' biggest lead of the game was 25, and the number that I'm going with is zero, which was the amount of lead changes there were, ah. which means they did not blow it. The Wizards did not come back and win the game, as you know. Almost, though. <laughs> Almost. Tall Pierce, Only counts three pointer, and hand right grenades. Yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah. so then who was the guy that was the most important part of that league? The, the guy that I thought sparked it was Marcus Thornton. Mm-hmm. Comes in for his shift in the second quarter and puts up 11 points in the quarter in nine minutes and kind of breaks the game open a little bit. Obviously, the Wizards made some noise, came back, and right when they got it to around six points in the fourth quarter, Thornton comes back in, scores eight points in the fourth, blows it open again. He had 21 points in... 17 minutes, shot 7 for 12, 3 for 4 from downtown. Uh, without Thornton, I don't think they get this game. And since we're copying, I'm going to copy you. I agree. I think Thornton <laughs> was a player of this game. Uh, I just thought he's, like, he's an instant offense off the bench. You know, when, when they need yeah. it, they bring him in, and he did exactly what he's here to do, which is put up shots and hit shots. And he, those three-pointers that you mentioned were huge. I mean, talking about a run that right when the fourth quarter started, I think the Wizards dropped, like, 12 points. Like, right, they went from 18 points yeah. to 10 points in, like, 30 seconds. So it was good that they had a guy who could keep the lead around 10 for a bit longer there until the Wizards slowly kept closing more and more and more. But still, it's good to have him up there. Well, for me, I'm going to go a little weird with this one. But Rossuel Butler is a guy that I've been heralding forever. Very I've always, very weird. always loved him as an eighth man. And today, he was the perfect eighth man. He had 22 points. <laughs> he had a ton of corner shots. He, had, he went six the for 10 from deep in the corner. And the, uh, I mean, his presence in the corner, stretching out the Celtics defense, that was kind of the big difference maker that allowed the Wizards to get back into this game. So I, I got to give him props when wow. I get the very rare opportunities to ever give him props. <laughs> all, I'm, all I'm picturing in my head right now is Jared at home on his laptop at like three in the morning going through who his favorite eighth man in the league <laughs> yeah. right now. He's got to be leading the league. That is pretty end. much my eighth life. Man right voting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, No, he's, he's eighth man of the year as far as I'm concerned. As far as I'm concerned, this, this show is over. So You're the eighth man of the year on this on this desk today. What can I say? There's five. There's seven guys you can't even see operating right now. <laughs> no. I guess 
five more. But so uh, we're going to end this one now. We will see you next Friday. So for Julian, for Jimmy, for Jared, we're out of here. Peace. Garden Report, CLNS Radio, and Celtics Blog. Oh, it's just a mutual respect, man. You know, they, they understand, you know, just being with this franchise a long time. Things I've been able to accomplish, not only on the court, but off the court. And I think, you know, the fans here really value that also. So, uh, you know, I just want just was saying hi to some of the long-time season ticket holders. And Brad was right there saying hi to him. And, you know, Rondo, we still talk. We text all the time between me. We have a group text between me, him. Kevin, Big Baby, Perk, we all group text at least once a week. What do you think?